So last couple weeks, uh, we, we've been talking about worship, and it, there's, there's this thing in me, you know, in most modern churches, you know, messages tend to be about, you know, how to, you know, how to have a happy life in three easy steps, right? Those are the best sermons. Uh, and that's, that's just like never been my thing. My thing has always been, uh, now, I, and I've, I've spoken a number of those kinds of messages, but last time I checked, there's no easy way to have a happy life in three easy steps. Uh, actually, it's every step that we take throughout our entire life is something that we can do with God or without God. If we spend extended periods of time walking without God, then we experience the fruit of that, which tends to be not that good. And if we instead turn our feet towards the purposes of God, then all of a sudden we we get a blessing that we weren't really sure how it came, except that it came from the hand of God. And so so I've had this struggle because I know that the thing that will catapult our life is being with God and worshiping God with our whole life. And that's really what Paul is saying here. He's saying, I want you to offer your bodies. What's included? Everything. And and he he segues off of uh, chapter 11, which is basically God has included us in his plan. I don't know, if you're not Jewish, so the, the, the Jews got the, got the good plan. They got to walk with God. They got the temple of God. They, they learned to sacrifice with God. God said, okay, do these things, and then you'll be close to me. Um, and then it says that they got basically shelved for a little bit so that those that weren't Jewish could be saved. And, he's, and, and so everybody who's reading chapter 11 is going, so what happens with the Jews again? Well, what's happening with the Jews is that God has a period of time by which some, some of them have to come in the door like we do. We have, to come, you know, we have to come to Jesus. And he's saying because of this awesome mercy that we have, then we can go, that's what the therefore is there for, is that God has given everything imaginable to us. So I lift up my hands. I throw up my hands again and again and again and saying, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's where, that's where that therefore is. That's what's happening. He is going through his infinite mercy. And all we can do is say, throw up my hands again and again. I've got nothing to offer you except me. I've come back to this verse a thousand times, like Leonard. Uh, you know, it's a familiar verse, but it, it's one of those verses that speaks, you know, instruction, revelation, reminding that my whole life is, it's not about, and, and that's where the modern church kind of made its mistake. It made worship music. If we sing real good, you know, get that Hillsong sound going, then we're really there. It's like, oh, I got caught up in worship today. No, you didn't. You allow the same thing that happens in the world when you hear a good song. You got carried away in your emotion. And maybe your spirit got connected because of, it's the word of God that we're singing. Um, but by and large, unless we came and said, Lord, your whole life and my whole life. 
And I'm giving my whole life because you gave your whole life. That's worship. And you can do that any day. Leonard says he wakes up in the morning and says, Lord, you gave me your whole life. I'm giving you my whole life today. And simply God says, ah, you've worshipped me. Is that awesome or what? Because this guy, he's, he's actually jumping up and down when he's writing this. He, he is, he's not going, oh, this is kind of cool. What he's saying is that when we give our entire life to him, something radically transforms in our life. Good so far? And it takes me back to really, really what, what Dean was saying, and this is my angst, is because we're so caught up in the world. We're so caught up with what's going on in the world that we forget that the way to affect not just our lives, but the entire life of the world, you know, I mean, is through our worship, by us giving all of ourselves to all of God. And when we do that, then He'll instruct us. He will renew our mind, and then He'll teach us His will so that we can accomplish His work. Because the only reason that we're here, if you know Jesus today, the only reason you're here is because God has a specific purpose for you to impact the world. Otherwise, he would have just taken us home. He would have just said, oh, you're saved now. Come with me. But instead, he left us here with this grand purpose of saying, you have an opportunity to affect the world. Now, I know that when I worry about the news or whatever else is going on there, that doesn't affect the world at all. All that does is mess with my heart, right? But when we maybe we do, you know, see a news item, I never watch the news because that seems kind of lame in my, in my mind. But I do catch the news through, you know, articles and those kind of things. And unless they draw me to prayer and to surrender, then I've lost the whole battle. Who owns the news channels? Is it godly? Probably not. Do you think that they're for us? CNN or Fox or any of those people? They're all completely captivated by people who are godless. 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 Can I say that? All of them. You know, I know I was talking to somebody uh, not long ago and they're saying, yeah, well, I only listen to NPR. And I said... They're totally captivated, like everybody else. (laughs) Everybody is captivated because the world only has one message. And that message is to take over your brain and to keep you from worshiping God with all of your life. How do we know it works? It's because I'm mad at Putin. And I'm mad at whoever. And it's like, oh, great, you're divided. It really works well to pray and worship when you're divided. How, about, how many have ever been in a fight with someone? And then you went to God. How did you feel? Not so good, right? You're like, well, how can I even get close to God if I'm divided with my brother? And so the news, the media, everything, everything is aligned to keep us divided. I've said this before, but I, it's, it's even more so. Because everything we read is like, I can't believe those people are doing that. Why can't we believe it? They don't have a renewed mind. They don't have the Spirit of God within them. We should believe it. Anyway, none of this is in my notes. But uh, I just have this passion because I know that the only thing that's going to transform the world 
is a people of God who have given themselves totally to him. That's it. Nothing else is going to change the world. Now, of course, when we've given ourselves completely to God, he'll ask us to do things, and then those things we will do. We can, you know, there's a, I was thinking, I get all kinds of newsletters from all kinds of organizations, uh, and they're usually asking for money, and I, w- I, I wish I really had more money to give them because they're all good things. I mean, there, there's human trafficking. It's worse than ever. Did you know that? You could spend the rest of your life helping people get out of some kind of slavery. I mean, we think of slavery as like something that happened hundreds of years ago. There's more now than ever. And when I read that, it breaks my heart. I'm like, man, I want to be part of, part of that. And then, of course, you know, there's people that are starving all over the world, right? And I go, man, I, I should be part of that. And I should, Right? And then there's opportunities. You know, I'm a, I'm a big Kiva fan. Every, I, I say it from time to time. You're going, what's Kiva? Well, that's where you, you can make a small loan, like 25 bucks. And, and, and actually, the money comes back to you. So if you're like stingy or like, you know, it's like, I'm not really generous, but I guess I could let this $25 go for a couple of years. And it comes back to you. It's amazing that you could help somebody in a third world country help start their business or keep their business going. Uh, you know, what's kind of crazy, uh, I, you know, Jesus said, don't toot your horn. I read that this week. Don't toot your horn. But let's just say that I, I can't help myself because, you know, I get emails from Kiva regularly because I'm, I'm, I've lent some money there. And, and then I realize I have, you know, I don't know. I have, let me just put it this way. I have a lot of loans out there. I've tooted my horn, and now I have no reward in heaven. But I want, you know, I've got to do something. Because when you've worshipped God, something happens after, you know. And that's one of the things that Jesus complained about, was like, you guys, it's all show. It's all show. You haven't worshipped God. So, okay, I'll get started on my message here right now. What Jesus or what Paul is talking about here is that you'll know you're a worshiper when your entire life becomes an act of worship. When you've presented yourself and, and said, Lord, no matter what, I'm setting everything else aside. And so, um, of course, God acted first. And this is the cool thing. Jesus, God gave Jesus to us. He gave all of his life to us. And all we ever do as an act of worship is in response to what's already been done, right? We think, oh, I'm really making a sacrifice here, really making a surrender here. You ever thought that? You're like, oh, I'm sacrificing Jesus. And he's like, okay, you want to match sacrifices? I... <laughs> and what's cool is in, you know, in Romans 8, it says that he, not only did he not withhold the most valuable thing, but how much more will he give us more? So you can't outgive God with your life. If you gave your whole life today and said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I promise I will do that, that would be this compared to what God has done for us. So we offer ourselves as a holy, living sacrifice. His readers knew what he was talking about because in the old days you would take, you know, you would take something valuable 
to the, to the temple and say, okay, this is what I got. Um, but he's like, okay, we're raising the stakes here. And you know in the New Testament that all the stakes are always raised. Did you know that? It's always, it's not like, okay, this is 10%, you know, it's like, you should tithe. It's like, no, 100%, it's all God's, you know, it's like, oh, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't commit adultery. No, you shouldn't even think about committing adultery, you know, the, the, the standard never gets lowered. It always gets raised until we come to that place of what Richard said, surrendering everything. Okay, this is what changes the world when you surrender everything. Now you're thinking, oh no, I've got to surrender everything? I'm going to a different church. (laughs) Because it would be easy to just do services, right? It would be easier if I just, you know, I I, I have some some Catholic friends that haven't fully embraced the the 100%, you know, and and they, you know, it's like doing, you know, it's like doing service. You know, it's like basically being in jail. It's like, well, how much time do I have to do to please God so that he can give me what I want? That's not Christianity. Christianity has nothing to do with showing up at church. We only show up. I hope you show up not even for yourself. I hope you show up because somebody will be here today that needs a touch from you. And when you touch them and invest your life into them through encouragement and kind words or whatever it is, then you get the blessing that you seek. But if you came and you said, man, I hope that pastor has a great message today. (laughs) Good luck. Uh, I always say that. If you came with that in mind, you're like, oh, no, I didn't get it. It's because that's why we didn't come for that. We came as complete people given our lives to Jesus. Isn't that better? That way, no matter what, we get a blessing, whether the pastor had anything good to say or not. Sound good? All right. So, Jenny and I, I already told you, but I'm going to tell you again. We're going to be married 35 years, which is nothing compared to like Leonard and Phyllis, but... <laughs> We're going to be married 35 years in, uh, yeah, it's basically next week. Not this week, but next week. But, uh, yeah, I, I re- well, I've been remembering because you guys all hold me accountable, right? Uh, and the five, the 10 years are good and the five years are, are good, but I've been, I've been thinking a lot about it. After 35 years, you have a lot of memories. A lot of memories. Remember, oh, yeah, remember when we were in love? <laughs> We're still in love. We're still looking at each other every morning and go, man, man, don't get any better than this. Except that we're older and a little bit plumper. I should show you some pictures of what I looked like when I was 26. Um, so anyway, I had hair, everything. It was, it was, it was beautiful. But when I think about worship, I, I think about that concept of the first love, Right? When I first met Jendi, man, it's like, oh man, it's like poof, fireworks in my heart. I'd sing in love songs. You know, if you hear, you know, everything's connected. But that's what worship is supposed to be. It's that, it's that complete connection of saying, I love you and you love me. Now I have that in, in the natural with my wife, but I've been thinking about the vows 
that we took. And, I, and I, I'm going to read you my, my vows. They're short. Because you don't need to really say a lot. Because it's all in your heart saying, I'm going to give you my life. And this is what we do if we're worshipers, because we say the same things. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to reval, I'm not going to remarry Jendi here today, though I probably could because I have a license to do that. Um, but th- this is what worship is it's a mutual commitment. And Jesus has already committed his whole life to us. And when we come to worship him, we commit our whole life back to him. Now, it's a constant thing because if anybody's been married more than two minutes, you might have forgotten one vow. It's like, I promised to, to care for you. Okay, anyway, you guys know this. So this is what I said. This is what we said to one another, but I want, I want to bring this in the context of worship. Because God has brought us together, we worship because God came with us. We stand next to him. And he's established our love and our relationship. I remember, remember I was saying this? She remembers. She's like, you're so awesome. You're so young and handsome and beautiful. And she didn't remember anything I said. That's why I'm reading them back to her now. So she remember. Anyway, see, I'm, get, I'm, getting the, I'm getting the goods right here. It's like, woo. And has established our love and our relationship. When we came to Jesus, our relationship and love was established. It's this powerful thing that out of that flows back. Ah, okay. I take you to be my beloved. You could say husband or wife, but with Jesus, I take you to be my beloved Savior. And he says back, and I take you to be my beloved child. And he says, I will love you as my Savior. I will love you as my wife. And here's where it starts getting into the real worship. Through whatever joys or trials we face, I promise to honor the Holy Spirit's guidance. I see Christians, they sing loud. Uh, none, None of you guys here. But I saw a guy one time. He was, he was really a worshiper, a singing worshiper. And when the tough times came, he didn't worship so loud anymore. He didn't sing so loud. That through ever what joys or trials we face, I promise to honor you. And here's where it comes to the good stuff. I pledge myself to you in this lifelong commitment. I do that same thing with God every day. Lord, when you gave your life to me, I said, I'm in. And here, I choose to become all God wants me to be for your sake. This gets to the renewing of the mind. How many have ever been selfish? How many of you who are married were selfish once in your marriage? (laughs) See, the renewing of your mind means coming to that place where you realize that my life is devoted to you now. I want to get rid of myself. 
I choose to become all God wants me to be for your sake. And I here and now give you everything of myself, all that I am and shall be. This is your proper worship. And it's good for marriage, too. All right, number two. So it really has to do with surrendering your life. Every guy's been through it, maybe even a couple women. Guys are like, before we get married, we're like, maybe there's something else out there. Even though we have the best thing in front of us. Has this ever happened to any guy, any, anybody? It was only me. It was like, I'm making a lifelong commitment here. And, and God's like, dude, you're not, there's nobody better out there. Nobody. I know, but what if there was? <laughs> you're an idiot. Oh, you guys know that. Oh, okay, anyway, not that I'm an idiot. Where was I? Um, following Jesus is the same way. There's no one like him. There's no one that we can give our life and our heart to like him. And I'm so excited when I wake up in the morning and say, Lord, thank you that you're with me and I'm with you today. All right, so let's get to the transform. So he says, do not be transformed to the pattern of this world. Every one of us is being squeezed constantly into the pattern of the world. Every message from the world is trying to squeeze us away from this relationship with God. Do you know that? And it's really trying to squeeze us to that selfish side of ourselves, right? Not to the, you you know, once you're saved, kind of the evil side (laughs) is, is, you know, it's like, okay, covered in the blood. But then the selfish side, it just stays there, working working its magic. And I, I still see it in myself every day in my marriage. Uh, every once in a while I have bursts of better, the better husband. Um, but that the selfish man still comes in. Okay, so it says, Do not be conformed to this world, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed in the renewing of your mind. The world has a plan for your life, and it's to keep you from being a full-hearted worshiper, a fully surrendered worshiper of God. And what I want to encourage us today, and, uh, and, and we'll do this, is instead, it, it's a conscious choice to say, Lord, I choose to become the kind of worshiper you called me to be. Amen? All right. Most of this, and Dean kind of mentioned it in his his sharing today. The best way to renew our mind is to spend time in God's Word. Even if you just took this passage, like Leonard says, I wake up in the morning, I read this, you know, I think this passage, your mind would renew just because it's triggering you back and forth. It's like, that's right. I want to have the mind of Christ. I want to have the wisdom of God. And so I think that what what is happening in our world is The spirit of this age is trying to keep us from the Word of God. It really is. Trying to keep us from understanding what God's truth is. And instead trying to confuse it with every other kind of truth. And the only way that we're going to stay ahead of it is by keeping abreast of what His truth says. I really believe this thing. You know, do do you know that most of of the, 
um, concept of the world are actually anti this. Not anti like the Bible, but anti the truth. As anybody, if you've read any of, of the media coming out, uh, it's a completely upside down world now. And if you listen to that long enough, you'll think, oh yeah, it's okay. It's okay if the world's totally upside down. I'm there. But instead, God's saying, no, no. We're the last hope of the world. Is somebody that, I, I was thinking about this. I, I've never, I've never say, well, I've been on a sailboat before. But you know that sailboats have this like real, like is the keel hangs way below the water and it's heavy. And it's what keeps the, it keeps the thing from, from falling over, right? We are like the keel of the world. Because the world is, is getting blown this way and that way, and it looks like it's going to tip over. But our call is to be people with a renewed mind that's like, nope, no matter what, we, we're, not buying in, we're not buying into the lies that are in this world. Okay, I'm going to move on. Last but not least, when we get this re- renewed mind, it says, then you will be able to discern. And this is the word that the Lord woke me up with this morning, uh, 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was like, thank you, Jesus. I'm glad I have time to meditate upon this longer than I was planning. Um, <clears throat> but truthfully, I'm concerned about the discernment of, of you, me, because it's easy to get caught up in the wave of ideas instead to be strongly connected to the truth of God's Word and have our minds renewed so that when we hear ideas, we're quick to say, that's not wise. That's not wisdom. I can't go that way. I can't even think that way. In fact, I must stand in the face of it. And I'm concerned about the church, the big church, big C church, that in order to try to be friends, you know, be all things to all men, in order to win some, that we've become all things to all men as someone that's not able to win anyone anymore. Okay. This test of the coronavirus test, do you know this has been a test? This has been a test of discernment and wisdom. For many. And we've all had to wade through it. We have. We've had to wade through it and go, you know, some people have not thought about it. They're like, yeah, whatever, you know. And I've thought a lot about it. In fact, I, I was thinking, it's, it's been close to 800 days. You know, it's been two years, more than two years, 365 times two, add a couple extra. I always round up when I'm doing stuff. Uh, it's been about 800 days. I've spent at least 2,000 hours studying what's going on with the pandemic from every angle. That's a person that has thought through <laughs> stuff. And, I, and sometimes I ask the Lord, I'm, I'm like, Lord, why have you sent me down this path of having to know what is going on with this pandemic. 
And it's because I know that God has led me. <laughs> you know, it's like, I want you to know, I want you to know what's going on. I want you to know the truth. And so I'm going to give you the truth in one line. You okay? Here's my 2,000 hours study. If the world is telling you something, do the opposite. There it is. If you want all the science behind that, (laughs) come and visit me. (laughs) But seriously, there is no one in this world that has your special interest for you. There's no government. There's no person. I don't even know a doctor. I know there's doctors out there that care for people anymore. But all of these things have been convoluted against us. And one of the reasons we need to worship and we need to renew our minds so that we can discern the truth is because we are the ones that have to be able to stand for the next thing that's coming. And with that, I'll pray. (laughs) This is nowhere where I was heading this morning. But I'm going to take us back to the beginning. Lord, your word says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to you. Lord, that's the first thing, to capture our first love, to commit ourselves totally to you so that we can have that mind of Christ. So when we see the spirit of the age come, we can know and discern and have wisdom as to the things that are floating out there, the lies, the deceit. Lord, it's in your presence that we can experience the fullness of joy and the abundant life that you've called us to. We love you, Lord. Thank you. And here, let's do this. Let's all stand up. If you want to give your whole life to Jesus, you go ahead and close your eyes, lift up your hands, (laughs) and say, Lord, thank you for all you've given me. I want to worship you now with my whole life. Lord, that's what I'm saying this morning. And I pray that we all say the same. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Give some people some hugs and around, and uh, we'll see you guys at, uh, at lunch. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you guys that are online this morning. Be blessed. <laughs>